0: Welcome to the Beyond Jiu Jitsu podcast. For the long time listeners and viewers on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, this may be a bit weird. We have a different format and uh, the cat's out of the bag. We have Jordan from Jordan teaches Jiu Jitsu here on the podcast, but uh, we've I've replaced Adam with Jordan, a bit of an upgrade if you ask me, as uh, the co-host today for the Beyond Jiu Jitsu podcast. But no, in all seriousness, we're recording this at uh, about 10.30 at night uh, Australian time just because of the way time zones are. Um, This is the best time to get Jordan on the show. So Jordan, it's been a long time coming. Thank you so much and welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast. You and Adam do a great job and yeah, I'm excited to be on on here.
0: Yeah, man. So uh, I mean, I think the theme of today's episode is going to unravel itself uh, pretty quickly. But uh, just for those that don't know who you are, and shame on, shame on those people, but uh, just give the, give the listeners a quick rundown on uh, who is Jordan from Jordan Teachers Jiu-Jitsu.
1: Yeah, I'm a jiu-jitsu black belt. I've been training 10 years and uh, I've owned my own gym for uh, seven and a half of those, of those 10 years. So, well, I've been training 10 and a half years. So I've been like, uh, I ran my own gym for you know, the majority of my jiu-jitsu career. So um, yeah, quite a, quite a while. So kind of seen like, you know, really learned how to teach people and really seen everything, um, you know, so many things I want to share with the world and, you know, help people out with their jiu-jitsu. So um, yeah, I've been teaching a long time, training a long time and uh run a youtube channel jordan talk jordan teaches jiu-jitsu i also have my own podcast jordan talks jiu-jitsu and uh yeah the goal of it is just to uh to teach people jiu-jitsu not only technique itself but also just you know good jiu-jitsu culture good jiu-jitsu like uh, philosophy and um and and conceptual type stuff too
0: and uh you're definitely making the rounds around the world i've uh i think i've told you this before but it's it's a good one to say on the podcast uh i remember I think it, it may have been the first time someone introduced me. Like, obviously I knew who you were. Cause I mean, for just to give a little bit of a back backstory, I've been following you, uh, vice versa. I think I was in your first, maybe 200 subscribers, something around there. We've been, you know, going back and forth on uh, Instagram and, and YouTube for, man, over, like it's literally over a year now, like probably a year and a half. So quite a while and uh, i remember the first time someone like told me about about jordan teaches jiu jitsu it was um, one of my training partners he's like oh man check out this video I, was, I saw this guy on youtube and he was showing me the video i'm like oh yeah that's so cool That's like randomly like one of my training partners at alliance just came up and and showed me your channel so um you you know you're definitely you're definitely getting around there which is absolutely fantastic. So if you haven't seen Jordan's YouTube channel, you should hundred percent check it out. And funnily enough, no word of the lie. I'm not even making this up. Uh, for, for those that listen regularly to the to podcast, they'll know who Anthony is. Anthony's a blue belt that trains at our gym. And he even came up to me today and said, Oh, I have started to really get into all of Jordan's stuff. And this guy is like synonymous for just consuming all uh, manner of instructionals and, and YouTube content. So, um yeah man you, you're definitely very, very very uh you you're becoming very renowned in the jiu-jitsu space which is fantastic
1: yeah it's pretty amazing all my hard work's paid off and you know this is what i really wanted for myself is to you know be a figure in jiu-jitsu that you know helps people out and um yeah teaches everyone and highly regarded for that so it's just amazing that it actually has came true and so many people actually watch my videos and enjoy them
0: yeah for good reason man and You, is, is, am I correct in saying that you actually opened your gym as a blue belt?
1: Yeah. I opened up as a blue belt because basically what happened was like, I was going to CrossFit gym. They asked me like, uh, do you want to run a grappling program? So I'm like, okay, you know, I want to open a gym eventually. So I don't want to pass up this opportunity. And then it quickly went from like running a small grappling program. to like a real gym because we outgrew them so fast. So yeah, people are always really surprised by that. But, um, it's like, yeah, I'm really glad it happened that way because I got, I, I was, I had the ability to really, um, you know, learn how to teach for so long because like teaching itself is such a skill. Like, there's a lot of great practitioners out there, but I think I think there's more great practitioners than there are great teachers out there. So, yeah, I've been honing my skill for a long time, and uh, yeah, you know, really utilizing that to uh, grow the YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I think there's something to be said where you know a lot of uh, jujitsu pros out there, pro jujitsu athletes. If you would ap- approach them about their a game and ask them specifically, like. You know, why do you do this here, or why do you, why do you specifically put your hand here, or, or go for that grip over this grip? You know most of them obviously they'll be able to give you some form of answer, but some of the time it may be oh, I just do and it works. You know what I mean? So I think being a jujitsu teacher is being able to articulate that not only you know in one way so it makes sense to yourself, but to be able to explain it to all manner of people. So yeah, totally, definitely a skill. So kudos to you, man. Like. Opening a, a gym at blue belt—that's crazy. That's that's awesome and as successful uh, as it's become, it's it's you know insane, man. That's that's such a story.
1: Yeah, it worked out great for me. I mean, everyone thought I was crazy doing it, and I thought I was too. It is but... a
0: little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy it <in> might work.
1: <laughs> exactly because now it's amazing. Because yeah. now I'm a black belt, I have all these other higher belts to train with, and um, you know, as, as if, but if I opened it up as a black belt now, I just have all these white belts. So it's like it worked yeah. out so good for me, great for them. And, um, yeah, like you said, a lot of, like, high-level, you know, practitioners, they, like, or even any practitioners, they, they don't always know why they do things, or they just, mm-hmm. a lot of times, they do things the way they were taught, and they teach them the way they were taught, and, um, you know, I really have always taught w- what I do, you know, and I really always been really, um, you know, thinking about why I do this, why I do that, so, like, you know, everyone's really uh, benefited from, like, my, like, uh, obsession of trying to, like, you know, perfect my technique and perfect my jiu-jitsu.
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, I think that it's I, I mean, I've been alluding to this for a little while on uh, on the Beyond Jiu Jitsu podcast. I mean, and Instagram. So those that have been following carefully, um, you know, this is not gonna come to a surprise. But I think uh, the cat's out of the bag. Um the the purpose for this this podcast and specifically the reason why we're we're doing it in, in this way with Jordan and I, like um like in this format, is we're actually Releasing a jujitsu course, so this is sort of uh, my opportunity to talk to Jordan, about his side of the course. It's a collaboration between Jordan and myself, um, and this is the first time I'm sort of announcing it on on uh, on my platform officially. So it's the uh, jujitsu longevity and performance course, and being a black belt and being the expert that he is, Jordan's uh, Jordan's side of the course, your side of the course, Jordan is all about the longevity and staying safe on the mats. So noting that it's in the title, what is what is jujitsu longevity and why do you think it's important? So so start off start us off with what what is jujitsu longevity?
1: Yeah, so jujitsu longevity is just being able to train for as long as possible at um you know at like a really good ability to be able to do so because some people can train for a long time but you know injuries really uh they add up and they can't really train properly maybe they can only like, roll hard or roll even once a week even light so you know oh. i always use the example of like my my dad because my dad is he just turned 60 but he um he does crossfit he like runs with like logs that's what he finds fun i don't know why he does that but he, he really enjoys <laughs> that. It, you know, like a wooden log and just run with it and he'll go for like long uh bike rides everything do all these things that people in their 20s you know don't do or can't do and um you know if he can do all that stuff i know he could do jujitsu if he wanted to but he doesn't have any interest in jiu-jitsu. so i know if i t- if i take care of my body the way he takes care of his then i can be training at his age and be doing just fine against all the young bucks because you know he like he outlifts all these younger guys no problem so you know yeah at his age he's 60 years old and is jacked and you know doing great i want to be six years old doing the same because you know, I want to train forever, right? We like, we do this hobby of jujitsu because we love it. And why would we, why would we only want to do it for like, you know, 10 years, 15 years or even less because we got injured and uh, didn't take care of our bodies, right? So it's so attainable, I think, to be able to train for a long time. and um, it, But it has to be done through smart training, right? So I know a lot of people that didn't train smart at all. And then now they, um, they have a really hard time training. So, you know, like, or they don't train altogether, right? They have to quit. So, you know, like I've injured myself so many times uh, as a lower belt and just trained like so um, not intelligently and uh, I really learned from all my mistakes and I've heard people too, you know, like one of my best friends, Joey, he, um, he's also a co-host on the podcast. I tried to do a hip throw on him and his foot got caught in the mat and when I went to take him down, so his foot was caught, but his body went anyway, so his knees completely turned the other way and it was just the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And, um, you know, it's like, yeah, and I felt so bad. Like, it's my fault. You know, I shouldn't have um, tried to force that takedown. But in my mind, I was just like, okay, I'll go hard for this takedown and I'll get it. But um, I didn't really realize, okay, his tippy toes, like, not on his tippy toes, his, his foot's planted. Like, there's no, the takedown isn't there. I can't go for that. So, you know, I don't want, I don't want, like, People to make those same mistakes I've made, like not just in my just to you know in techniques, and instruction, and stuff like that. When it comes to safety, too, hurting themselves and you know hurting other people. So, yeah, it's so important to me. People can train for forever, and um, it is attainable. Again, as long as you have that 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 uh, the the correct approach. So, I thought it was important to put something together that um, you know taught everyone the mistakes that I've made.
0: Oh, that's that's awesome, man. Well, it it's. Um it's rough like everyone i think if you've trained long enough everyone's had some sort of experience with with injury either themselves being injured or um probably the worst in, in a lot of ways injuring someone else i've um i've had something similar where i've uh caused the training partner injury that had him off the mats for like six months and he never ended up coming back to the gym and uh it was you know it was something that was completely avoidable a mistake that i made and yeah, it sucks, man. Yeah, particularly when you, you do it to, to good training partners and friends and it's, uh, yeah, it can be can be very rough. Uh, so basically the scenario was, I'm, I don't think I've actually officially, I, I don't know if I've spoken about this on the podcast. I may have like a long time ago, but I've still a bit, uh, you know I, I still feel bad. It was over a year ago. It was when I was a white belt uh, and I was actually filming for for YouTube and whenever you bring the camera out, everyone decides I don't this doesn't probably doesn't happen to you because, you know, you're the top of the food chain and it wouldn't matter anyway. But at my gym, whenever the camera comes out, people know that they're gonna be on YouTube. Uh, so they go extra hard and, and try to, you know, look good on camera and everything like that. So um I was I was rolling with this blue belt and I was white belt at the time. I had him in north south and um uh, I had a Kumura grip I cinched up pretty tight and he, he wasn't he just wasn't letting go of his, his grip. And instead of I knew I was stronger than this guy, and instead of trying to like technically pop his um, pop his grip, I was trying like a like a uh, Andre Galval grip break where he, he he builds tension and then like sort of snaps it off aggressively. And instead of like just pushing it forward to snap the grip, I pushed it forward and brought it up at the same time. So I brought his arm up on a bit of an angle, and I tore his rotator cuff, uh, his um, and his pec as well. So yeah, and and then obviously took the Komoro. He 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 yelled out pretty quick, but uh, yeah, it was a pretty pretty awkward situation. I have it on camera, and I've I've literally never published it, and definitely never will. So <laughs> it's pretty pretty bad. I still felt bad. So shout out to shout out to that person if they are listening. They're probably not.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, from that experience, I'm sure you've learned you know not to do that and to be more careful. Oh, yeah. So oh, you know, yeah. it's oh, for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it's just yeah. for him. He had to. You had to learn through his expense, and that's the kind yeah. of thing that you know. I'm kind of the whole course is about. It's like, you know, all these things I've done to myself at my expense or hurt mm-hmm. other people at their expense. You know, we can limit that so people don't have to make those same mistakes.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think it would just create a not only more safe environment for for other people, but for, also for yourself. So, um, not not to give too much away, but uh, I, I mean. I've gone through your section of the course and I've learned a shitload. Uh, so there, there's definitely positions that you can, positions that are very common for Jiu Jitsu. Um, like take the truck, for example, very, very common, like pretty in vogue at the moment, definitely at, at uh, ironically enough, the reason I'm tunneling in on this one specifically is there's a guy or a couple of guys at, at my gym that are obsessed with uh, the truck and komoro traps at the moment, it's, it's a, almost like a running joke. So, you know, inside joke, they'll get it. Um, but even, even in that position, you can cause some serious harm to your opponent's knees if you if you aren't careful with, with the way you're applying that, and be careful of like twisting your, your um your training partner. And obviously, you don't want to be you don't want to be hurting people, uh, through carelessness or you know mistakes.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. Because you can you can hold the truck very safely and not hurt someone, or you can start putting twist in their in their leg and their knee and then hurt them. Because Nikki had the same had that happen to her. Like my wife, she had her LCL torn because the person had her in the truck, and you know they just weren't controlling it properly. They're putting too much pressure on her leg. But you know when I put people in the truck. I feel zero danger for them because, you know, I know Mm. how to do it right. So, you know, if I can teach people how to do it the correct way and, you know, teach them what actually can hurt someone, then people are going to get hurt less. And Jiu-Jitsu has such like a, like such a reputation for being a dangerous thing. And um, Mm. I don't think it's any dangerous than any other sport. Like I don't feel in danger whatsoever when I roll. I feel super safe. I feel like, like personally, I don't, I don't think I'm going to have a major injury for a really long time. And if I do, it's going to be like a freak accident that I couldn't avoid. It's because I just know how to move, how to position myself correctly, how to, you know, do everything right to avoid, like, super common injuries. And, you know, before I didn't and before I got hurt all the time, and I would just keep training anyways. And thank God, like, my body, um, you know, recovered and everything. And, you know, but I've had, like, knee surgery before. I've had, like, you know, a really bad neck and had to, like, go to the chiropractor all the time. And, um, yeah, I'm just glad, like, my body's, like, super healthy now.
0: Yeah, totally. I can totally echo that. I've been very, very fortunate uh, in my um, uh, jiu jitsu career so far. I've only had a couple of a couple of niggles, really, like uh, things that like, you know keep me off the mat for like two months maximum. No surgeries, nothing like that. So um, yeah, but I mean, if you're not focusing on you know the attention attention to safety, not because I mean jiu jitsu at the end of the day, like it's a it's an art form. It's a sport that's designed to incapacitate your opponent so in in the very nature of it you you know we're sort of flirting with a with a line there but if you have an emphasis on safety of your training partners in your gym then you can you know you can thicken that line so to speak so why do you why do you think that there is a gap in people's knowledge of safety in jujitsu positions why do so many people like using the, the the truck example go for when they're going for something like a banana split submission or why do, you, why do you think there's not as much of an emphasis on the safety aspect in the actual teaching of jiu-jitsu?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And for a lot of reasons. And one is just like, I think overall, like jiu-jitsu instruction, isn't that great. Uh, right now, I think it's going to get better and it, it is getting better, but like just overall, I think a lot of instructors could do a better job. And, uh, one thing they don't often teach at all is safety. Like they'll just show a move, but they don't say like, you know, don't do this or don't do that. Or you can get hurt or, or don't do this. Don't do that. Your opponent can get hurt because like, for example, um, like I was teaching, uh, just the dog fight last night at class. And, um, you know, showing people, you know, if they have their leg like uh extended uh out when you try to wrestle them down, you can hurt their knees. So you gotta make sure it's folded so that mm-hmm. so if it's not folded, don't keep driving. And you know, the person getting uh swept, they, if they don't keep their leg folded, they can get hurt, right? If they have it extended. So it's hard to like it's hard for people to visualize what I mean, but um, it's in the course and I go over it thoroughly. And um, you know, I went over safety in that scenario because i don't want anyone to get hurt for a lot of reasons one i care about my training partners i care about you know people in general and i just don't and i also don't want people getting hurt have to you know cancel their memberships thing just who's not safe all that kind of stuff so there's you know so much responsibility to keep people safe i just think that you know it's just that's not a priority in most gyms it's like a lot of gyms don't even talk about like tapping etiquette and like how you should go slow like I see a lot of times, like on YouTube, especially, I'll see like, you know, other commentator roles and, um, like doing the kind of stuff I do. And like when they go for submissions, they, they just like go so hard right away. And like when you look at mine, I go so slow on the submissions. Like you can like, you can like pull out something fast and that's fine. Like you can break like an armbar grip fine. But once you actually go to like, uh, start extending it, it has to be slow. And, you know, if you can finish slow, you can finish fast. So yeah, I just think there's not like, I don't know if jiu-jitsu instructors just don't think about it or if it's just they weren't taught that way. They just were taught this is the move. But like, yeah, there's a lot of problems in jiu-jitsu instruction in general. It's like not to go off topic, but like, you know, just like conceptual type stuff and what I call jiu-jitsu theory. And it's like just like my my, my inside position uh video I just I just posted, how to literally never get submitted. It's like no one ever talks about that stuff. And it's like, I've never seen that taught in an actual class. So just thinking about jiu-jitsu instruction in general, uh, needs to improve. So you know, that's what I feel like I'm doing a YouTube channel. It's like I know a lot of instructors watch my stuff and they got ideas how to teach their uh, students. and so I want to keep pushing the safety aspect of it too. like that's something that's really important to me. It's like every video I like, really talk about safety any chance I, I get I talk about you know this is gonna be dangerous to do that and um, yeah, I think that uh, yeah it's just like it's just the way it is just instructor instruction isn't that great right now and I think one problem too like maybe a lot of instructors don't own the gym too. I think if you own the gym, you should you probably end up caring more about safety because you know you need to keep everyone happy healthy and safe and um if you're just an instructor maybe it's not really on your mind you're just okay you know the, the gym owner would t- talk about safety or something like that i'll just teach you just a technique but yeah safety should be emphasized at every possible opportunity especially because it is such a sport that um you know is it's like a combat sport into like choke people and you know break their limbs and stuff like that so yeah like with that there should be extra emphasis on safety for some like some like that
0: yeah do you think how do you, how do you think jiu-jitsu culture uh plays into this like a uh, lack of safety or or not even lack of safety but lack of longevity you you see i mean everyone has that you know purple or brown belt or even black belt at their gym that you know has to crawl their way to the mats because they're so broken and, and, you know, all like hunched over with, you know, slipped disc and the bung knee, the multiple surgeries. Um, how do you think, first of all, how do you think jujitsu culture impacts that? And how does something like the, the course that we put together in, in, in your own sort of opinion, how do you think that prevents you from ending up in that situation?
1: Yeah, so I think Jiu-Jitsu culture uh, in general, it's like improving uh, s- kind of slowly, but it is improving. Like just in general, um, there's a lot of things in Jiu-Jitsu culture that need work and, you know, people are getting called out on it and it's improving. But um, yeah, in, in one aspect of it, it's like everyday pojada. It's like train hard all the time and, you know, just ignore injuries, train anyways, you know, just tape it up. And it's kind of like uh, some of it's like almost like a tongue-in-cheek like type joke, like, you know, just tape it up and come. But, you know, that is the mentality a lot of people do have. And, yeah. you know, Gordon Ryan sometimes talks about, like, you know, just the level of jiu-jitsu being, like, very unprofessional. Uh, like, yeah, it's a, it can be really unprofessional. And I agree with that. It's, like, it's one of the least professional sports, unfortunately, in, in the sense of, like, you know, like runners and, people involved in that type of stuff they um they really take care of their body more they understand you know like how to train smart like they really have a more scientific approach to it and um just to just like show up train hard and then go home and then come up the next day train hard and it's just like that's not the way to do it it's like very similar to like um like gym culture it's like the bros will be like you know we got to lift every day super hard and like you know and get jacked but then you see like yeah. the more senior, yeah you see the more senior guys like the more um you know the guys that have been through the ropes and you know been through it all and been there done that they understand the importance of recovery and training smart with good form so it has a lot of parallels to to that realm i think
0: yeah yeah that reminds me of um oh are you familiar with louis simmons on west side barbell like the, the yeah like literally i think one of the stories is he had surgery and the next day he was like trying to fucking one rep max on the bench and just insane, just insane, like terrible, terrible for your body long-term, you know? Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, those guys were definitely every day per Pearl Harder, but yeah, that, that totally is the, the, the culture and you're encouraged, you're encouraged by, you know, being around it and even, even jokes like, you know, just tape it and come anyway and like. Having to dig at you, mate, for for not coming in because you know they're, they're, they're leg sore or then they've got a bung knee or something like that. You know that that's commonplace and it's it's all in jest, but I suppose it points to the bigger picture of of the cultural aspect, and it doesn't take long for you to be indoctrinated into that and start you know not only believing it but also implementing it. And um, I mean, I I'm sure I'm sure that you've seen the the long term impacts of that sort of you know everyday pahata on uh, some of the senior belts yeah
1: man i know a lot of people that have such a hard time training now or can't train at all like one of my um like my best like training partners uh, back in the day he can't train anymore because his neck's all uh, messed up so it really sucks because i love training with him he's a good friend and yeah now i can't train with him because he just did too many bad things for his neck, like staying inverted too long and just uh yeah, letting himself get stacked all these other issues and you know that's just stuff that can be avoided and if you were to avoid that then you could train still and i think just in general yeah jiu-jitsu culture there's so many things that are getting phased out and um but like slowly so i'm trying to like uh, you know expedite that process because like even like things like jitsu can be really culty and um mm. especially like 10 years ago when i started oh my god People don't realize how culty it was. And the progression is made to be so much less culty now. But there's still like, you know, there's still some really culty gyms in the sense of like they have like hero worship for their coach. They have like complete like loyalty to them and you know, they like bow down to them type of thing. And it's really um just a strange thing. Like the instructor like controls them. And that was really normal ten years ago. That was like kind of what I experienced. And um, you know, but now it's like people don't like that kind of stuff. They really there's a lot of pushback, but there's still things from like um, past Jiu-Jitsu culture or like traditional Jiu-Jitsu culture that haven't been phased out yet. So yeah, one of them is like, you know, just everyday Pojada train as hard as you want and just, you know, ignore injuries. And uh, yeah, that's like slowly getting phased out, but it's got to be phased out sooner. So yeah, with the course, um, yeah, I think it's a really good way to get people really thinking about uh, safety and longevity and yeah, doing everything right.
0: So in your in your experience then, what, what, what other aspects of uh, what, what else can someone do in terms of their jiu-jitsu? So we've we've addressed like safety on the mats and, and being aware of positions, aware of you know your body and, and, and your actions and how they'll uh, impact your training partner and things that you know you need to watch out for from your training partner's perspective. But in terms of strength and conditioning and uh, mobility practice, uh, how has that helped your jujitsu? because you're a fit dude you know, for those that haven't seen Jordan's YouTube channel, check it out. He's, you know, he's no slouch. Definitely, definitely fit as fuck. So
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. And I think, <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it's helped so much because, you know, when I was smaller, I felt like way more uh, injury prone. And uh so now I'm like 195 pounds and I just feel like super solid. I feel like, uh yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm going to have a really hard time getting injured because, you know, I can control where the role goes. I can control my body and other people's uh, ability to manipulate my body because I have the strength to do that, right? So I have, obviously have great technique, but, um, you know, I said it um, last time we talked too, like, you know, having strength in jiu-jitsu is like having money when you're dating, and that's a really uh, a beneficial thing. It helps so much. Like, you know, you can definitely, if you've got a great personality and, you know, or whatever it is, like, you can – Definitely have a successful dating uh, experience, but if you have money too, I mean, just there's no way around it. It's like you're just that much more of a catch. And it's the same thing with jiu-jitsu, It's like, you know, if you have like if you have money and shit personality and shit everything else, like you know, it's not really gonna help you too much. It's, but same with jiu-jitsu. If you have only strength, you don't have technique. That's not gonna help you. So. Not only does strength help you, uh, you know, in your actual Jiu-Jitsu and get better, but it keeps you safe because now you have actual, you know, you can't be manipulated super easy, and you can't just you're not just gonna fall uh, over your limb and hurt yourself. You have the ability to actually like give resistance back. So, yeah, just having like the padding around, like muscle, like being like padding around your mu- around your joints, everything like that. Yeah, like that's, that's so a big important. One. Yeah, because if you hurt your knee or whatever it is, or you know, shoulder the conventional wisdom is always which is true like to build up the muscle around it but you know why not build up the muscle before you even get injured to prevent the injury in the first place so you know i think it's a a really under um talked about aspect of you know jiu-jitsu longevity and training itself it's like almost like (laughs) sometimes people say like you know you want to get stronger just do more jiu-jitsu you want to get better cardio just do more jiu-jitsu just do more jiu-jitsu but you know that's a that's not the right that's not the right approach at all and other sports don't take that approach it's not like you know you want to get better at football you play more football it's like no you like put in the work in the strength and conditioning and you know that's going to mm. keep you safe too even things like you know you know uh strengthening your neck it can help your actual you know prevent your neck from getting hurt but it can also prevent concussions because now like you have um more stability in your actual like w- with your head and everything because a concussion results from your brain rattling once, once it gets hit. Mm. once it gets hit so if you have like more you know strength in your neck it's less likely to to do that. So there's so many uh, benefits to having strength in jujitsu. Longevity is just one of them. Performance is also another great benefit of it.
0: Yeah, totally. And um, I mean, it's probably one of the most common, not mistakes, but most common neglected areas I see for jujitsu guys um, is is their strength training. And I think that a lot of people, well, a lot of people don't know the importance of it, they think that, well, the thing is a lot of people get into jiu-jitsu as a form of fitness. Like uh, some people don't like lifting weights. Like take take my co-host, Adam. He's said on the podcast so many times, like he does not like lifting weights. He doesn't find it enjoyable, so he doesn't do it. But he knows. The difference is that he he has been in the game long enough and he has the information. I've told him enough times, everyone's told him, you know, that he he understands that uh, it's, it's significant to not only jiu-jitsu performance, uh, but also protecting your joints. Obviously he does a bit, but not as much as he would like. But still he he, he knows. But I think that a lot of the time people don't really know how important it is to to strength train or to work on mobility and it will not only make your jujitsu better, it'll make it more enjoyable. Because I mean, if you if you know that you're safe on the mats and you feel comfortable and strong in positions, then you can enjoy the sport more because you know you're gonna be safe.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of times people, they don't, um, yeah, they don't understand not only how important strength is, but like maybe they understand it, but they don't want to do it. So like they understand, but they're like, I still don't want to do it. And not just strength, mobility too. They're like, I don't got any time to, you know, stretch and do mobility exercises or, you know, like just eating like junk foods more appealing than eating healthy. And, um, you know, for a long time I did eat really poorly. Like, um, there's a huge change in like my body. Um, like, from, like, when I was, like, a lower belt to when I am now because I eat so much more healthy. Like, really understand the importance of protein and, you know, eating adequate amount of calories and eating, like, you know, uh, nutrient-dense foods. So, people ask me, you know, what my diet's like and what my strength and everything like that, what, what, what you know, my routine is and, like, Because they're just like surprised that I don't I don't like lift a whole lot right now because I'm just I've just been super busy. But I keep a lot of strength on still because I've lifted over the years Mm -hmm. for so long and, you know, be doing jujitsu. So it's like I feel I feel you can really build a base just from um, really really quickly and utilize it. um, Yeah. It's like so well.
0: Yeah, I think in, in that in that aspect, Jordan, you are definitely the exception and not the rule, my friend, because you have such a strong foundation of muscle from lifting for so many years, you know, um, so I think you're exactly right. Jiu-Jitsu is, is a sport that can definitely maintain maintain your uh, your muscle mass and grow muscle mass for, for a lot of people as well, but yeah, yeah, for someone like yourself, you have such a strong foundation that uh, Jiu-Jitsu is, is just maintaining for you. Um, which which is awesome so uh, it, it, I think you're right it's important for people to to you know get to that base level to to you know get their cardio base sorted to get their, their themselves in a solid mobility routine and you know you'd be surprised you don't have to go to the gym and, and lift weights every day because for someone that's training in the volume of, of someone like yourself or, or me it's it's a you know it's not really realistic to, to go lift weights every day like I mean, realistically it's probably like two maximum three times a week um and that's more than enough that's more than adequate to make you hella strong so and the
1: problem is when people when they do want to start getting into lifting they go way too hard right off the bat and they start trying to lift every day they're like i'm gonna make a commitment i'm gonna train every day or maybe every other day or whatever times it is and you know, I think it's really important to, uh, have more of a program to, and rather than just winging it. And just because then you, if you wing it, you rely on motivation and, um, you know, and you can easily just like kind of fall off, but if you have a program, it's hard to go too hard and it's hard to go too light. You just follow the program, which is, you know, set out for you by someone that knows what they're doing. And a lot of times people, when they just do it themselves, they don't know what they're doing and then they get injured or they just fall off mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, you got to, it's really important to, you know, follow a program.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, that's kind of the fox guarding the, the, the hen's house for me being a being a PT, but like it, it's just fact, it's, it's the way it is, man. Um, so why do you think no one has created something like the BJJ Performance and Longevity course before? So j- just to, I don't think we've actually officially stated, you know, the modules, just quickly for the audience listening, I, I think you're probably clued in now. It's broken up into four sections. Um, well, the two main sections, before uh, categories or, or or topics, if you will. The the first one being safety on the mats and longevity. And We spoke at length about that, and that is championed by by Jordan. And there's a section on strength and conditioning and mobility, and uh, also a section on nutrition. Now, if you want to hear more about those sections, I'm gonna we're gonna be doing a separate podcast that's uh, gonna air on both mine and Jordan's podcast, so you can uh, feel free to listen to that. Think of it as like a part two, if you will. Uh, Roles are reversed, but that would be really good. So please um, support Jordan's um, podcast and, and head over and listen to that as well. So, but why, Jordan, in your own words, like why do you think no one has created something like this before? Why haven't we seen it yet? Why doesn't this product exist?
1: I think the main reason is well, there's a couple of reasons, but the main reasons probably. I just think that a lot of people in Jujitsu don't really innovate, and they just do things the, the way it's always been done. So, you yeah, know, they're yeah, they think I gotta sell an instructional. Well, it's gotta be only on a technique or whatever. And um, yeah, it's really kind of funny because I ask myself that all the time with all my things I do on the channel and uh, just put out there, uh, you know, with content creation. I'm like, how did no one think of this first? why is no one doing it like this? So like yeah, I think it's just one of those things. It's like no one really thought to do it. And because, you know, and maybe they don't have um, maybe the motivation or expertise. I don't know. It's just like Mm -hmm. safety matters so much to me. And, um, you know, I really advocated so much. And so that's something I really want to put out there. And I know so many, so many people, you know, they have the same kind of mindset i have they just want to train for a long time and they don't want to get hurt and they want to have maximum performance so you know i feel like putting something together has everything is so smart and so uh and and and, yeah just such a good good thing to do because it's like hard to there's so much information out there when it comes to like you know especially like your part of it where it's like uh you know like mobility and nutrition strength and conditioning there's so much stuff out there it's hard to navigate what's wrong and what's right and what's best for jujitsu so you know really what we did was put the package together that's like specific to jiu-jitsu and you know it's all like you know very cohesive and uh, well thought out by people that know what they're doing
0: couldn't have put it better myself jordan totally agree man um well yeah i, d- I just want to say thanks thank you so much for coming on to the beyond jiu-jitsu podcast we will have to get you on again uh, when Adam's on as well, I know that we're gonna get uh, we're, we're gonna get comments asking asking for that. So we we'll definitely have to get you on again soon. Um, but for for those that are interested in in the course, you can find the course. A direct link will be in the description of this episode. Whether you're listening on whatever platform you're listening, Spotify, YouTube, um, and you'll you'll see plenty of content coming out uh, on both mine and, and Jordan's channels about it in in the coming weeks. I'm uh, definite of that. Uh, but if you, if you do want to get access, there will be a discount code in the description of this episode as well. So go check it out. Um, and yeah, Jordan, thanks again for coming onto the beyond Jitsu podcast, man. It's great to have you.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. And I can't wait to uh, be on with Adam too. I'm really excited for that.
0: Yeah. Don't get too excited. He's not that great. <laughs> no am <laughs> We love you, Adam. He'll listen to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Also, awesome, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And until uh, next time, see ya.